What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never witnessed a UFO battle over 16th century Germany. 16th century Sweden, on the other hand, well... That's a story for another day. This is Hysteria 51. I'd be hard-pressed to name a country I haven't witnessed a UFO battle over, but you know, I'm, like, cultured. Unlike you two ingrates. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd use so many words to describe him, and cultured would not be one. <laughs> Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, my name is John Goforth, and alongside to uncover the truth... Behind this ancient alien sighting is the one, the only, Mr. Brent Hand. Thank God. Thank God what? That, that I'm here? But normally it's producer Lisa saying that, but hey, you know, I'll take it, especially from him. <laughs> no, thank God you're the one and only. If there were more than one, I'd deactivate myself. That's not nice. That's... With a no. hydraulic press. <laughs> Get it? I, you <laughs> feel the same way as I feel about you. I think it's, it works that way. Now I'm kind of feeling bad for him. <laughs> and have the pieces put in a smelter. And if you're not careful, we're going to go ahead and move forward with that plan. Uh, now I'm <laughs> fantasizing and getting... Uh, anyway, <clears throat> I digress, John. We got a fun one tonight. An ancient Bavarian mystery, if you will. We do. I I really enjoyed reading about this one. But I, you know, the UFO part, like, so uh, spoiler alert, we don't know what was seen over Nuremberg. We'll get to it in a second. Don't say we when uh, you make claims like that dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I just I can't you know uh, if if it, 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 it's like truth is stranger than fiction I couldn't write this robot to be such an idiot uh, but he is anyway you know the thing that when when I was researching this Brent the thing that stood out to me was just kind of the the lack of um, of real like form or substance to what they actually saw like other than crosses and circles and like it, the, the uh, it's the, carved the, into wood John how much more do you need come on man <laughs> and 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 admit it and don't you also kind of feel like and i know we'll get to this but that it was actually carved into wood by a guy who didn't see it he was taking first and second hand accounts from other well, people and that's kinda... that's up for conjecture he lived there so he yeah. either saw it or he didn't see it they don't know but, but the, <laughs> much like the, everything that we bring to you that's true. That is true. This is right online with it. So this is this is par for the course. But the thing that I was thinking is like, okay, let's assume there. Let's just let's play along and assume there was a an air battle going on here. All right, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be UFOs, right? There could be other things. My point is, like, it at times it felt like a, a battle of like the Avengers versus some bad group broke out in the middle of 16th century Germany. Like, right. couldn't this have been, couldn't this have been like either time travelers or superheroes? I mean, while we're going down the, the road of the fantastic, it doesn't necessarily feel like just like UFOs. Well, one side of it was UFOs. The other side was definitely the Knights Templar or something because they had crosses everywhere. You know, yeah, they were yeah, really yeah. into branding. 
do whatever they were. <laughs> they were they were on top of it. I, like, before we get too in the weeds, we should probably take them on a little trip to Nuremberg, which I'm happy to say we've never had to go to Nuremberg for trials or stories or anything. That's that's, that's true. <laughs> no, actually, I was hoping we could just spend the next hour talking about the Avengers. Okay, um, that's but, well. <laughs> that I kind of uh, dropped that in for that reason. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Blackwood. No, I'm kidding. All right, <laughs> let's. Uh, yeah, you're right. We we need to set the stage before we get too deep into our. Um, silliness. Let's call it silliness. Well, it's an interesting topic. And and we are talking Nuremberg, but not the Nazi trials for once. So we're leaving the Nazis out of Nuremberg. The only Nazis that are in this story are us saying that we're not talking about Nazis. Right, right. You know, and we are going back to Nuremberg in the way off year of our Lord, 1561. That summer sucked. Shut up. Can I, I I know we're, we're only like two bullet points into our story, but can I, Go off on a tangent for a second. <laughs> I don't mean to go off on a tangent here, but <laughs> I don't mean to go off on a rant here. The, the, am I the only one that growing up and maybe I am the only one that maybe I'm just kind of an idiot. Bet. I, I tend to be pretty good with numbers and I always for the longest time, I just had a mental block on, okay, it's 1500 something, but it's the 16th century. Like, I'd be like, do I go up? Do I go down? It's 15. Is that the 14th? No, that's not right. I think that's pretty common, right? You know, the zero to 99 was the first century. So when you hit 100, you're already in number two. But it's when you start counting that way. Yeah, people go, um, just go up. Logically, it makes sense. But 10-year-old me couldn't figure out why the 1800s were the 19th century. We're in the 19th century. 10-year-old you also couldn't figure out why it felt funny when he watched Cinemax either, so I don't think we were firing on all cylinders back then, John. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's a whole different proposition. Anyway, that... Mom, I have some swelling. If you you had... Here's what I want to know, Nation. If you had that or similar like brain freezes, just like no matter how many times you learn it, 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 you forget it, like whether it's a word, post in Hysteria Nation. Let us know. I I find that stuff interminably interesting. Shit's that simple and everyone probably should know. And for some reason, you're just like, why is this always with me? Why is this so hard for me? Right. (laughs) Right. All right. But but back to your story, Brent. Yeah. Yeah. So April 14th to be exact. And that way off 1561. April 4th. And it's not just a UFO sighting this week, kids. Oh, no. Oh, no. Strap in for a mass sighting. And some might call it a celestial event, if you will, because that's what it's known as. When shit's older, we give it cooler names. That's that's basically what it boils down to. Or, as John kind of alluded to, a possible celestial battle. See, I keep it. The stakes just keep getting up. How fucking badass does that sound, though? Yeah. There was a, uh, a, a a celestial battle in 1561 or just some random sun dogs and normal sky shit and people didn't know what to make of it. I mean, that doesn't sound as badass. So I think we want to go with the other one. That is true. That is, is true. But, you know, to your, you make a really good point. I wouldn't even have made the the uh, allusion to the Avengers if it wasn't already sound, something that sounded like epic. Right. Well, it even looks like there's a giant like. Thanos' ship on the bottom of the carving that we're talking about this week. Seriously, though, you know, like I just said, it was either a space battle, it could have been sun dogs and just normal sky stuff. This is one of those dates that if I had a time machine, I would probably go back just to see for the hell of it what was really going on. <laughs> just I'm in the back like, hey, no, keep about your business. I'm just watching. 
Well, this is called popcorn. You don't want it. It's gross. Don't worry about it. You'll get you there. You know, if, I, if, 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 time, if a time machine ever is invented and we can go backwards, which they say should be easier than going forwards, I feel like most of the events of history, I mean, uh, like other than horrible calamities that obviously, you know, if you killed 100,000 people, it was, it was on an epic scale uh, no matter what. But most of the events in history we'd get. And, and basically what I'm saying is I think that almost every story we learn about from the past is a fish story. It just got bigger and bigger every time it got retold. Right. Well, if Kyle could find his chronovisor, we could go back and watch this right now. We could now. actually go look. Kyle, In the comfort come of on, our man. Own room. Yeah. Well, you know. Kyle, what, what, where do you think it is? Cheese muffins. Cheese muffins. What, what, what are you talking about? Okay, I'm not asking about your cheese muffins. I'm asking where you think the chronovisor is. No, that's what I'm saying. I think I dropped it in my last batch of cheese muffins. Oh, that, that, that tracks. <laughs> he probably baked it too. That, that would make, why, why would he use it to? see all of life's most important events when you can destroy it it tracks it tracks for these robots well this week at least we do have a description and yes from way back then they have better uh, at least newspaper-ish than some of the other stories we have uh they had it from what was called a broadsheet of the time i also read it referred to as a broadcast i saw broadsheet and broadcast which is interesting because you know obviously we think of the modern day parlance of broadcast, but it kind of makes sense. Like if you think about what would be the 16th century version of a broadcast. Well, what it was, was like a, a newspaper way back then for those lucky enough to know how to read or be able to read or, or to be able to get it. They would <laughs> the make one like a, priest in town can read it for you. Right. Well, they'd make like a carving and they'd ink it up and make, you know, um, impressions of it and, and send it out. And there'd be one guy that would do it. And he'd be the guy that was known to make broadsheets. Like you said, a broadcasts from that era. The broadsheet writer this week, uh, it was a guy by the name of Hans Glaser, 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 and uh, he printed it in back in April of 1561, along with a woodcut engraving of the event. And if you go to the episode art, I'm going to use that. It's, it's great, by the way. I, it is like I sat and just looked at it for 10 minutes, just noticing all kinds of little nuances to it. It's it's it gets it's one of those pictures. Have you seen those memes? That uh, um, uh, at first glance look somewhat normal. And then the longer you stare at it, the weirder it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, there's a mouse running across. Oh, wait, the mouse is wearing a you know motorcycle jacket. Wait, what, what's going on? Like, like it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder as you stare at it. This is like one of those. Well, and that's just the the carving. Then it goes on to, to describe the mass sighting. And it says right. that around dawn on April 14th of 1561, residents of Nuremberg saw what they described as an aerial battle. Fucking tits, man. That's how they, they put it in there. And we'll get to the actual wording. But uh, this was followed by the appearance of a large black triangular object and then a large crash outside of the city, meaning they're saying one of these things crashed. You know, normal sundog shit in aerial phenomenon. It's the second time we've used that word. Uh, let's quickly tell folks what, what a sundog is. So a sundog, if you're not familiar with it, or a parhelion, or, or a parhelion, is a kind of a halo created by sunlight interacting with ice crystals in the atmosphere. That's what the dictionary tells us. Uh, it normally appears as uh, two colored patches of light to the left and the right of the sun or a complete circle, depending on where it's at in the sky. Lisa and I have actually seen them a couple times while on vacation in Jamaica, and they are pretty cool looking. And it is they one are. of those things where everyone just kind of stops and stares at them and goes, huh. double rainbow. No, um, yeah. it, it, they are pretty cool. They, if you haven't seen one, Google it. You'll see an example. 
or just like wake up from a deep sleep and go out to a bright sunny day and like stare up at the sun real quick. Yeah, for like 16, uh, you, 20 seconds every you, day, it's good for you. And you, you see like those tracers and like uh, uh, almost like there's more than one sun. That's kind of what the, when you look at the picture, that's kind of what it reminds me of. And they're also, when you look at them a lot, there will be other shapes sometimes. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. indentations and almost UFO looking things. Uh, I looked up pictures of sun dogs and I I would encourage you guys to do that to see all the crazy shit that you can see looking at them. But Hans and the old broadsheet did claim that witnesses observed hundreds of spheres uh, and cylinders and other odd shapes and objects that moved erratically overhead, not just staying in one place like a sun dog would. And the broadsheet described objects of various shapes, including crosses, as you were saying, John, globes, lunar crescents a giant black sphere and a tubular objects from which several smaller round objects emerged and darted around the sky. He went on to compare those as like cannons or something like that. People must have been shitting purple Twinkies and praying like crazy. I have to agree with you there. Uh, they even threw that in the text. Um, that's, that's pretty much in tech. fact, John, you want to give us a reading of the text and say exactly what it says. Now this is translated to English. So, this is as close as they have, but this is the actual text from the carving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before I do, um, the description of the, the uh, all I could think of when I look at this carving or, or the description of the, the balls inside of the tube, obviously there was a celestial version of the old school TV show American Gladiators taking place. Remember that? just shooting it. Come on, I got you, Blazer. Get, yeah. get him, Turbo. <laughs> What was that gun called? I, I don't know. Well, they had the, the obstacle it, course. We'd shoot them at them well, and you could shoot. Yeah, one. It, was, uh, it was called assault was the name of the, of the game they were playing. I don't remember if they had a specific name for the gun, but yeah, they were, they were running through the obstacle course, trying to shoot back at the gladiator who had like a target above their head. Yeah. But the, the but the gladiator had like, it was basically a Nerf gun that shot uh, uh tennis balls. Tennis balls. If um, I remember. Yeah. 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 A- anyway, I digress. Let me go ahead and read the actual description from Hans. Not Hans Gruber, P.S. That that's a different German. That's true. That's a and th- th- that would make this a much different story as well. <laughs> In the morning of April fourteenth, fifteen sixty one, at daybreak between four and five a.m., dreadful apparition occurred on the sun. And then this was seen in Nuremberg, in the city, before the gates and in the country, by many men and women. At first, there appeared in the middle of the sun two blood red semicircular arcs, just like the moon at its last quarter. And in the sun, above and below on both sides, the color was blood. There stood a round ball of partly dull, partly black, ferrous color. Likewise, there stood on both sides, and as a torus about the sun, such blood-red ones and other balls in large number, about three in a line and four in a square, also some alone. In between these globes, there were visible a few blood-red crosses, between which there were blood-red strips— becoming thicker to the rear and in front malleable like the rods of reed grass, which were intermingled among the two big rods, one on the right of the other on the left. And within the small and big rods, there were three or four more globes. This reads like stereo instructions and you can tell it was, it was definitely translated. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it's just being lost in translation. Right. Uh, these all started to fight among themselves so that the globes, which were first in the sun, flew out to the ones standing on both sides thereafter. The globes standing outside the sun and the small and the large rods flew into the sun. Besides, the globes flew back and forth among them and fought vehemently with each other for over an hour. And when the conflict in and out again of the sun was most intense, 
they became fatigued to such an extent that they all, as said above, fell from the sun down upon the earth as they all burned and then wasted away on the earth with immense smoke. After all this was something like a black spear, very long and thick, sighted. The shaft pointed to the east and pointed to the west. Uh, whatever such signs mean, God alone knows. Although we have seen shortly one after another many kinds of signs of heaven, uh, which are sent to us by the Almighty God to bring us to repentance, we are still unfortunately so ungrateful that we despise such high signs and miracles of God. Or we speak of them with ridicule and discard for the wind, in order that God may send us a frightening punishment on account of our ungratefulness. After all, the God-fearing will by no means discard these signs, but will take it to heart as a warning of their merciful Father in heaven, will mend their lives and faithfully beg God that he may avert his wrath, including the well-deserved punishment, on us, so that we may temporarily here and perpetually there live as his children. For it may God grant us his help, amen, by Hans Glazer. Letter painter of Nuremberg. Repent, repent. You know, no. like it, it really. <laughs> it, 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 it is so interesting. Like uh, I can't describe it. I literally have. I, I literally lack the words such to such an extent. All I can tell you are shapes and colors, like a three-year-old. But it was from God. Well, I love it. Says, and then the battle they crashed to to ground. That's fucking crazy. That's a hell of a sun dog. <laughs> that. <laughs> That that is a hell of a sundog. Sky battle or misunderstood atmospheric shit? That's the question, and we're gonna try to tackle that after the break. John probably needs a sip of water after that mouthful. That's coming up next mm. on Hysteria Fifty One. I didn't know reading a paragraph could give me a headache. <laughs> Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school, or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks, or did you try? to use some weird online thing. I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor. And we use it Rosetta stone. They're the most trusted language learning program and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, it's like. What are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Somewhere, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25 rows, that is going to work for you. And <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And, there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off, unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. A today. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting tale to say the least. And we don't know a lot about it because uh it comes at a time well, we're at a time when we have the luxury of time and knowledge on our side. And that allows us to go back and look at events like this and use a rational mind to figure them out after we've had these things taught to us over time. Now this is this is looking at it as, you know, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing it right now. I'm just talking about how we look at things as a society. That means we don't just take people at their word, which is something that many object to, especially in this case. I think there is a, a happy medium in there, and we can try to figure that out along the way. So let's start by saying when this story got popular. It hasn't been, well, it's been around 1961, but it wasn't really the, the talk of the town or even the UFO community until 1958. Carl Jung published Flying Saucers, A Modern Myth of Things Seen in the Skies. And it's a book that very important for um, really analyzing the, the archetype meaning of what a UFO is. And for the Nuremberg event, he believed that the whole thing was most likely a natural phenomenon with religious and military interpretations overlaying it, which really was their bread and butter. You take something and then you spin it. And even, you know, looking at someone who was looking for UFOs, they looked at that and it's not hard to believe that they would use something like this in that way. Here's a quote from, if the UFOs were living organisms, one would think of a swarm of insects rising with the sun, not to fight one another, but to mate and celebrate the marriage yeah, of UFO sex. Not quite. Not, not exactly. There's let, let's, um. Uh, before we move on, uh, we let let's talk about a few other things that go along with this. We we haven't spent a ton of time on the carving. Um, we you know we gave you the description. The carving has some interesting shit going on in it that could play into an ultimate reason or an ultimate explanation, or could also not. Um, <laughs> but a few things. One, there is a I believe it's a cathedral. There's an old old building that uh, existed in, I, I don't know if it's still there, but in 1561, it certainly did in Nuremberg. And it was one of the oldest buildings in Nuremberg. And I believe it's a cathedral, but whatever it was, it's missing from the carving. Like it's purposely left out. And you know, someone that they did that, they're like, oh, snap. Oh, oh shit. You know? Yeah, I see what he did. Um, so that's, I, I don't, that's neither here nor there. Like I don't, it doesn't explain what happened. It, you know, there's certainly not the implication that it was destroyed and rebuilt or anything, but it's not there. And the, in the, the other interesting thing, he mentions, um, um, you know, crashing and burning outside of the town mm -hmm. in the, in the drawing, there is smoke billowing mm -hmm. up from, um, what could be what, if you knew the area at the time was supposed to be this cathedral. Or I, I'm sorry, not cathedral, this church. So a different church or different than the building I was just talking about a minute ago. And so basically it like, like it, it could be implying that it was burning only it burned down. Like when he was a kid, when Hans was a kid and it was, it had been rebuilt at this point. So none of that makes sense. Although what I thought when looking at that and really kind of zooming in, it kind of looks like he's not, it, it's not something on fire. It looks like he was trying to depict uh, like anti-aircraft. It lo looks like some sort of cylindrical 
items on the ground that have smoke coming out of a very specific spout. Many people said those were cannons shooting. Well, up. Exactly. Could they be cannons shooting at whatever they thought? I, I or the I, ones I don't that know. crashed that were shooting back up at the shit that was still in the sky. Also possible. Also possible. But it, it doesn't. I don't think it's as simplistic as he was depicting the fire from the from the crashed vehicles or the crashed whatever it yeah. was. And then also, you know, on the carving, the, the description makes more sense when he says it, it's coming out of the sun, because when I just read coming out of the sun, I'm taking that very literally like he's implying that they could tell with their eyes that something was literally coming out of the corona of the sun. And no, that's not what he meant. What he meant was basically it was in front of the sun. Yeah, it was in the sky. Yeah, the, it was in the sky. The sun was and, low in the sky at that time. And the shit was all everything you're seeing. The sun was behind it obscuring it or, or whatever you want to call that. The only thing I would note from the carving and, and this doesn't, this certainly isn't evidence one way or the other, but it's, I found interesting is there is nothing. And I repeat nothing mechanical like about any of the shapes that he depicts. They are just shapes. They are colored shapes. And if you look, there is a level of detail in the town that tell me that he had the artistic capability of, of giving the shapes more structure, more definition, more, you know, if they were machines, a window, if they were like, he didn't, he chose not to do that. Like he chose not to, there, there's no, um, there's no place for, you know, fire to escape from like the back. If it had a, you know, a jet engine, I I know that if it's extraterrestrial, it might not, but no, no matter what, there would be some level of detail. And none of these things have that level of detail. And the city does have a very distinct level of detail. So, I don't know what that means. I guess what I'd probably lean towards is, well, shapes in the sky that don't have detail tend to be more like the sun dogs we described. They aren't detailed because they're literally reflections of light. That leads me down that path more than, say, some sort of inexplicable uh, battle between two sides. Well, speaking of battle, one of the things that um, is important in this is military and religious beliefs. Both of them are kind of depicted in this. And Two camps have looked at this uh, when it was saying a UFO battle. Um, one, a military interpretation would view is, like you said, those tubes could be, you know, cannons and spheres as cannonballs. Um, that black spearhead at the bottom of the scene, you know, could be a spear or it could be a ship or whatever you want to. Uh, in Glacier's own testimony that the globe th- fought vehemently until exhausted. Boom, you kind of got a battle. Uh, religious people or religious views have looked at this and they emphasize the crosses. But not all the crosses, the regular crosses, some have balls on the end, um, but they're crosses. So that pretty much sums that up. Otto Billig, he's an author of Flying Saucers, Magic in the Skies, A Psycho History. He tried to provide a history of context for it all, and he wrote about it. And he said uh, that the Nuren- Nuremberg was one of the most prestigious cities in the late Middle Ages, and it was a free imperial city known for its wealth and nobility. And it tried to maintain neutrality. During the furious warring between the Catholics and the Protestants during the Reformation, but when the Protestant prince was rebuffed, when he insisted on financial tributes to to fund his battles, the city was besieged and its trade cut off. Um, uh, Blah, 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 blah. Then on Good Friday, 1554, another siege happened and one of the broadsheet publishers described mock sons that prognosticated God's will, wanted to confess with sinful ways, many other times. Things would happen and boom, these broadsheets would come up and they'd have these warring things in the sky. Um, another sky apparition followed in, in July of knights fighting over 
each other with fiery swords in the sky and warning of a coming day of judgment. Very similar apparitions of knights fighting the skies were used during the the Thirty Year War of sixteen eighteen to six fifty eight in broadsheets. What I'm getting at, I'm saying all this stuff is this isn't crazy to see things in these broadsheets. This one became popular. They would use this as symbols for religion or military. And scholars have said that the, there were lots of these. They're just not popular. This one is, and it was a way to, to condition the people to think of like a pop calyptic thought and God and, so, and, and things like that. In essence, an ancient version of propaganda. Yeah. You know, kind of like, kind of like if, uh, in, in modern day in modern, you know, if in the early 1940s, you were living in, uh, in Japan and a, a shooting star came across and was then printed in the local, the local paper, it might be because, you know, the, the Imperial emperor, uh, made a wise decision and, and, you know, uh, sh- that's why we have a shooting star. Or that was, all believe. that was a dragon. Yeah. It, 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 acknowledging how wise the, uh, the emperor is. What they're getting yeah. at with this was, you know, sadly for us playing along now, they use this type of flowery stuff and extreme visuals and written flair to church shit up pun intended. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's a matter of influence, whether you're trying to convince people to follow your religion, you're trying to convince them to follow your, your, your political leanings. It's, it's all just influence, right? Right, right. Exactly. But what if that's not correct? What if that was just a true telling events and we're just searching for answers because we can't comprehend that what they were saying was what really what they're saying. I don't know. We're going to talk about that though. Next after the break, maybe we should ask C about it. He says he was there. He's been You know, he does work so damn hard that he deserves his own break. You know, God forbid he lift a pincer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Seabot, what do you think happened? What? I wasn't listening. Okay. Well, did you read the outline for today? You at least know what we're talking about. Hell no. I don't read nonsense, you turds right. <laughs> it's like three pages of like nine uh, bullet points. You, I, I, <laughs> okay. All right. Are you drunk? Are you, are you, were you, were you drinking the... No, just that's a dumb question. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent. Well, without Seabot's help, let's try to get to the bottom of this. Well, thing. John, we already talked a little bit about Sundogs. Our Parhelions uh, is one of the things that people say this was. Uh, and I said, like, at least tonight we've seen them. It's very odd also, but definitely not aliens. If you're looking at a Sundog, I would be surprised if they hadn't seen them then. But that doesn't mean anything. Um, another explanation that some grab onto that, John, I, I know you're a, probably going to be a fan of ergot. Some blame this, <laughs> some blame this on an ergotism outbreak that through bad grain causing mass hallucinations. Now I tend to believe that less because, you know, you're going to tell me that they all fucking had the same hallucination, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, that that's, <clears throat> um, Generally speaking, where ergot could be an explanation, there's also some uh, evidence of of some people dying around that time, or some you know. Uh, oh, they can also look at the at the geological record and see that there had been an unusual about amount of rain at that time. You know, things were damp. And uh, ergot, by the way, ergot uh, is it rye? Yeah, it's from grain uh, that, that, that that rots yeah, and gets a fungus. Yeah, on it, it. It, it develops this. Yeah, 
and uh, and then people eat it, don't know they're eating it, and um, you know basically trip balls and then die. A melting um, man, a melting. Is that a is something. that a fucking celestial yeah. battle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, th- I agree with you though, Brent. That that one seems a little less likely, right. given what we know. Now there might be other stuff we don't know, but that one does seem a little less likely. You know, one of the things that we haven't talked about too that go along with this, we briefly mentioned earlier. It could be a recitation of stories from other people, or Hans could have seen it himself. There, there are a lot of historians that um, are smarter than me and have researched this more than than I have that believe it to be first and second hand accounts from other 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 uh, residents. Right. They they say regardless of what caused it, whether it was aliens or sun dogs or whatever, people were terrified at the time uh, uh, of these warnings from God. As they looked at them. So there is that. And there, like I was, I was just mentioning before, there were other examples of almost the same account in other cities in that time period. Literally. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I made the joke in uh, the intro about uh, Sweden five years later, there was a, there was a, a very similar event described over Sweden. Exactly. And all taking place near the sun when it's low in the sky, which happens to also be, the time when you get sun dogs. So that's why so many people uh, grab onto that. And it doesn't have to be low in the sky to get sun dogs, but that's a lot of times when it happens more. And you can get a lot of, like we said, strange shapes and halos. We're not doing our due diligence if we don't bring the ancient aliens, Gaia, you know, enter your favorite person. The, 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 the alien aspect to this, we got to do that. Right. So many, many, many ufologists throughout history have used this as a prime example of proof of extraterrestrial life. And that's simply done by taking this at face value, John, and saying, yeah, this is exactly what happened. Hundreds of people describe seeing an aerial battle right before their eyes is what we're, we're led to believe. And if not for the evidence that we stated earlier of them using, you know, crazy descriptions to describe other known events as otherworldly, we might have to take it at face value. Um, it's easy to get lost down that road. But we know this happened with other stuff. We can make, you know, can we make exceptions here? Should we look at this at face value or should we do our due diligence to say this probably wasn't space aliens battling and crashing and, and shooting cannonballs? The other, the other, um, uh, you know, kind of corner to, to, to consider is because so many people couldn't read and couldn't write. We're calling this a mass event, but we're taking the word of the writer that it was a mass event, meaning um, we don't uh, unlike like think think about the uh, the Phoenix Lights. There literally are uh, scores and scores of of reports of individuals saying what they saw that night, even flying celebrities. Even flying celebrities, that's right. You can verify that no matter what the Phoenix lights were or weren't, it was experienced by lots of people. That's a truth, right? We don't know for certain that this was experienced by lots of people. We know we're told it was, but we don't have, because of the inability uh, uh, for most people to engage in written communication in the 16th century uh, Germany, we don't, we don't, we have to take Hans's word for it. And, and so, you know, when we call it a mass sighting, that's, that's, that's conjecture. 
Um, whereas a mass sighting nowadays is not conjecture. It, at the bare minimum, no matter what the origin of it is, at the bare minimum, we know a lot of people experienced it. So this this literally could be the inane ramblings of uh, of just a uh, uh, crazy theologian, you know, saying I'm going to make all this shit up because I'm going to bring more people to God that way. Right. And this is where it comes down to for me. This is my look on this. Um, I can't in good faith pick something like this up and, and take someone or, you know, the, you know, take it at face value without doing the due diligence of looking at the other, um, the other facts or clues to the mystery, I guess you could call it. Um, I wish I could, but I don't think that that's, you know, that's right. And there's a lot of flowery language and symbolism used at this, um, this time by people. And I think that this is just a case of that. If there was a time where I could find, and there'll be other times we're going to talk about this, you know, over India and over, there's a lot of these type of things we're going to talk about. And maybe there's more evidence that it could be, uh, aliens. I don't think so, but I know someone who does his name's Giorgio and he's here. Giorgio, you said you think that this is actually an alien battle. If you look at all the pieces, it's the only conclusion that you can draw. There it is. You know, there it is. Okay. All right. All right. You know, listen, uh, as far as where we land on it, I, I much more have an opinion about the, the writer himself versus the actual event. The actual event, I don't know. I, I, I am not so much the, you know, uh, what have you referred to me as before the denier or whatever? Uh, I'm not so much a denier that I'm like, oh, couldn't have been anything other than Ronan the accuser, John because. the denier. <laughs> <laughs> Be on my tombstone. Um, but I, so I'm not saying that it wasn't there. Don't have enough information. No clue. But what I do have is a writing from this guy and the same guy that carved this thing wrote, uh, you know, two pages worth of crap. And half of it was basically saying, uh, and most of you won't take this as the sign that it was from God, you heathens. Uh, so what does that tell me? The one thing I know for certain is that this man had an agenda. No, might, one thing it, I know it, for certain it, is that's how we're ending our show from now on. Most of you won't take this as a sign from God, you heathens. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Brett. I've been John. Most, most of you yeah. won't take this as a sign from God, you heathens. <laughs> See about get on that. <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself useful. Um, but seriously, like that's the one thing we know is this dude had an agenda, and uh, and you know maybe 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 it was a UFO battle. Maybe it was a battle of angels. Maybe it was any number of it, it was people from the future having a dog fight because they were mad that the other guy had put in the wrong coordinates. I don't fucking know. <laughs> no clue. But I do know that that our source of the information is perhaps not reliable. I think we're with that. Occam's razor, <laughs> path of least resistance, least yeah, resistance, yeah. whatever you want to call it. If there is another way to describe it, that doesn't mean that it's the craziness. Then you probably got to go down that road. But that doesn't mean it's not always crazy. You got to do your due diligence. But that's what we think. We want to know what you think. Where can they tell us, John? Hysteria Nation. We mentioned it earlier. Go in there. Let us know if you 
can get the 14th century right and the 15th century right versus what the years were. Or if I'm just an idiot, uh, you'll probably tell me I'm an idiot either way. That's okay too. Um, just go to facebook.com and search Hysteria Nation. It's our discussion group where we talk about all of this and a whole lot more. That is exactly right. And also go to facebook.com slash hysteria 51 pod. There's a regular page. Patreon, patreon.com slash hysteria 51. You can find up all nights and mad blurry hysterias and all sorts of shenanigans you're gonna love it lots of radio dramas voicemail 773-669-7277 again 773-669-7277 and we got some to play oh boy i'm excited are you ready i couldn't be more ready if i tried (laughs) here we go with a voicemail numero uno hey this is ryan from outside of metro detroit i want to make clear not from detroit I'm originally from upstate New York, not from Midwest, Yahoo. Um, oh, shots fired. Hey, you know, hey, great job with the show, guys. Um, thanks to you, I'm able to stay awake at night while feeding my newborn. Uh, otherwise, I'd possibly fall asleep in my arms, and that's terrible. So, thanks. And uh, just a thought. Has no one talked about how, you know, the whole QAnon thing sounds a lot like partial disclosure of the reptilians? Just thought. Great job, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Well, that's awesome. We we have a purpose. Keeping people up by their feet and their babies. That's awesome. That's a that, yeah. I, I mean, you know, get in where you fit in. I'll, I'll take it. Um, yeah, shots fired at the Midwest. I, a few thoughts there. I don't. You know, I think people in Detroit would fight back being classified as the Midwest. Um, I, I don't know for certain. Uh, Eastern time zone. Um, well, the, however, the Motor City Madman is definitely going to be firing shots back but that's a different story <laughs> yeah i was listening to uh i was listening to smartless uh great podcast i think i've talked about it before jason bateman sean yeah, hayes yeah. and uh, will arnett they were interviewing david cross and he he said something that's so so true and it plays into that voicemail he's like you know, only people from New York start sentences with, well, I'm from New York, so blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Nobody says, well, I'm from Chicago, so blah, blah, I'm from, I'm from LA or, you know, I'm from Miami. Only people from New York just always make well, sure. Well, I'm from New York, so I wear socks when it's cold outside. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I listen, I love New York. I spent a lot of time there for work and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking shit, but, you know, if you're from New York and you're talking shit about another area, just be careful. That's all we're you saying. You guys don't realize John probably spends, uh, it, when the world isn't in COVID times, more time in New York than he spends in Chicago. So pump that hate. You've earned it. <laughs> Tell true. him about LaGuardia, John. Tell him. Tell them about LaGuardia. LaGuardia. <laughs> Let me, don't get me started. And, and you know, here's the other thing. Delta, in their infinite wisdom, built this whole other uh, 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 gate. Um, I'm sorry. Built this whole other terminal. And it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and it's so un-LaGuardia-like. And it's like 16 fucking miles Delta, to get there. We love to lie and it shows. <laughs> no, fly, I, I think. I, I, I might have got that I, wrong. I, 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 I know, though I will say, uh, definitely still my favorite airline uh, that I do uh, fly. Delta, Delta, Delta takes care of me, um, as opposed to some of the other airlines that I have flown on. But yeah, LaGuardia sucks. JFK is great, but it's too far away. No one's going to spend an extra thirty minutes in an Uber just to have a nicer gate, or at least I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, enough about New York. I love New York. I my favorite's the pizza. Uh, I just think it's funny that New Yorkers always have to tell us they're from there. Let's go to number two. We got more. Here we go. Hey, Brent. Hey, John. Hey, conspiracy mod. So, 
Fuck you, Kyle. So this episode you guys did about a simulated reality, right? You guys were talking about how with the split experiment, when we observe the particle, it changes whether or not it's a wave or particle mm-hmm. format, right? Yeah. This is a fun thought. You know how there's all that talk about, oh, there's alien life and all these secrets, and NASA's slowly building out the information? What if there's something out here? We don't even notice it. But the moment we notice it, it changes. And that that is what they're keeping under wraps. It's a fun idea to make all you guys... Oh, that made my brain hurt. in the corner and cry some more. Have fun. Uh, that made my brain hurt a little bit because that's a really interesting. I've never thought about that. Like, what if so it's is he the- saying like like they're flying all over at all times, but the moment that one of us notices, it changes to where you can't see it anymore. I think you could take that a lot of different ways, or maybe we're in the bubble and we don't know how to. Maybe we're in the tank and we don't know how to look outside of the tank, but once we do, we can never not see it. I mean, you could go a lot of ways on that. Well, essentially, isn't this kind of like a, a, a XL version, a, an extra large sized, a big gulp sized Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat ex- thought experiment? Well, kind of. I mean, there's, you know, you know, watched particles behave differently. Schrodinger's cat, you know, is, is alive, is dead. They kind of go hand in hand. But are, we are the ex- I think we would have to be the experiment or the particles. Yeah, we're the cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> we, we, well, maybe, well, I don't know. Are we? Uh. That's a fun one. I'm gonna I, I want to oh. look some of that up a little bit and uh, um, see if there's Dude, may, we, maybe people have delved down that a little bit more. That's fun. We when it comes to simulation theory, when it comes to Kevin, um, sorry, <laughs> yeah, we 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 probably need to do another episode, and we probably need to go down some of these more um, uh, esoteric paths. Uh, it, it was so much fun when we did it and we still get more comments on those than we do in some of the, you know, a lot more recent episodes. We should probably revisit. Yeah, it. absolutely. Let's hit one more and we'll call it voicemails for the week. One last one. Hey guys, this is Alex Jones speaking. Um, <laughs> big fan of the show. Yeah, really. um, yeah, you might be surprised if I listen to you guys all the time. Anything that's got that does an episode of me, you better believe I listen to it. Anyways. I just, uh, I just wanted to wanted you guys a, a, a call out and uh, uh, give you guys an update. Um, my uh, my my everlasting battle against the globalist caught myself there. It's going well, well. It really is Alex Jones. Uh, I've got a new podcast, yeah, yeah, and I just wanted to share it with you guys. Um, it's Infowars brand bottled water. Now this is the good stuff, guys. I mean, it's gluten free. It's Maybe got a little bit of uh, uh, mercury in it, but uh, you know that'll put some air in your chest. Um, also, uh, uh, Britt, I just want to ask, uh, what's it like have, uh, being a polygamist? I know that you, uh, you you got your wife there, uh, Lisa. You, you married Lisa, and you're married. You, you're still with your first love, uh, Mrs. Right Hand. So, how does that work? <laughs> so, love you guys. See, bye. You're my brother from another mother, and uh, yeah, I'll be listening. Alex Jones out. Uh, I might be <laughs> actually uh, guilty of that polygamy. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> so, at first, I was about to make a comment that oh, brother from another mother. Yep, Seabot and Alex Jones. But no, no, I think Fuck no. I hate that dude as much as the next guy. He still owes me fifty bucks from Bohemian Grove. Even he has standards. Low. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 they're low, but if you're on the other side of Seabot standards, you are on the other side of something. Uh, I mean, 
You got problems. Now I want an Alex Jones David Childress rap battle. Oh man, do they still do those epic rap battles? Uh, they just released like, a new uh, one, the first in like five six months. Yeah, I haven't I haven't uh, listened, but uh, that was hilarious. Yeah, we need we need we need our version of that for uh, Alex Jones. What's and David what's a little mercury in your water? You know, I mean, it keeps the frog straight, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, so that was on brand. I'm with it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad Alex. Uh, listens to the show despite all of the shit that we have talked over the he's years. a fan he's a fan and he thinks about me masturbating that's was my takeaway that was my takeaway from the entire thing i was really hoping that the allusion to that was going to be enough that we wouldn't actually have to verbalize no, it no 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 i'm happy to verbalize the masturbatory uh, no, no, ac- I, we're, we're good accusations we're, 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 um I think we can we can we can move on. I'm not going to have um, a guy who hosts Infowars make statements I, hey, without me talking about masturbating. Okay, hey, um, hey, Seabot, where's that smelter we were talking <laughs> about? Put, stick my head. All in. right, so those have been voicemails. We're we're bringing them all a lot back. We got a bunch of them to play for you guys. So we're going to be playing more for you. Those are our thoughts, as we said on a fifteen hundred and sixty-one Nuremberg mass UFO sightings. That said, I've been Brent. I've been John. He's been Conspiracy Bot. Most of you won't take this as a sign from God, you heathens. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite, join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.